Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Good afternoon, Chicago, and all points all over the globe, because you can hear us here on AM 1160 with the Download app. Go out there and get that app, download it. You can hear us from anywhere. Uh, and also, check out our podcasts on uh, faithmarketplace.com. We have all the podcasts. We're 600 interviews we've had for six years. It's unbelievable. And also, my co-host, uh, Jennifer Villarreal, is absent today. Uh, you know, she's planning to get married here very shortly, so I think she's in the throes of that. So she said, Bob, I know you can handle it. And I can, because I've got a very special guest in studio with us today. And boy, i got to tell you, folks, strap it on, because this guy is going to bring it today. And I want to introduce you to Kevin P. Davenport. He has dedicated his life to changing the narrative in his communities. Kevin is the founder and president of Ideal Candidate, NFP. I'm going to run out of gas here because he's got a lot going on. Self-sufficiency <laughs> and financial literacy training program for 16- and 24-year-olds. Kevin is also the program manager for the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. And, boy, is he qualified for that one at the Chicago <laughs> Urban League. And he is also the human capital consultant for Concurrency Incorporated. And, lastly, brand-new author of the Ideal Candidate book, and I have to t- welcome Kevin. Thank this, you. This Thank has been you. a while getting you, wrestling you to the ground. You are one busy guy. Boy, oh boy. But yes. man, and this guy has got a story like you can't believe. And I'm just so thrilled. I got to be at his book signing about a month ago That's and right. the launch of that. And I understand we're going to talk about that a whole lot. Yes. But uh, more importantly, why don't we just share with our audience, since they don't really know the Kevin that I know, what's your, what's your background, your faith story? Sure, sure. That's uh, that's a great point to start. Uh, so I got my start actually with my mother's performing arts school. She's had it for over 40 years. So, uh, you know, I got to see what entrepreneurship does for the community and things like that. But, you know, my mother said very early on in my in my life, you know, we're making a, a impact as far as performing arts and impacting confidence and things like that. But these students are still lacking soft skills. So mm. what can I do to really make an impact on the soft skill level in, in, in addition to what I'm already doing? And she started this soft skill uh, cultural enrichment program as a way to give back to the community. It was free of charge. And anyone that can come in, in the neighborhood can come and learn these skills. And wow. she had me start to teach the program at about 14, 15 as a way to give back. And around 16, she was like, look, you're going to start your own first class on your own. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, that's I really took a connection for it. And, you know, it kind of took on a life of its own. Uh, You know, we started working with other high schools, nonprofits, different churches, um, different government affiliated programs. And like I said, I really took a connection to it. And around 07, 08, when the economy crashed, so did a lot of the programming that she was getting because that was where the you know program funding was coming from. But with that, it allowed me to take a step back and say, you know. I see the impact my mom is making. What what would it look like if I can really formalize the concept, make right. it an official nonprofit and just not just a kind act? What would that look like if we have measurables and things that we can actually track and sure. measure? And what would that look like and what would the outcomes be in the community? And so that's what essentially the ideal candidate is. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> now, did you grow up in a, in a Christian home? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you know, so my, my father was born Catholic and okay. my mother was born Christian. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a faith-based home, but very much so. And um, 
I grew up a lot of my life uh, understood understanding that you know I had to live a life of purpose if I wanted to have a good life. So got it. Okay, so it was from early roots there that you got all that stuff. One hundred percent. You know the the ironic part because I know a little bit more of your story, but you are just a natural born entrepreneur because right <laughs> from the get go, you know, you obviously sitting at the knee of your mom and all the wonderful things she's done in the community and the arts and everything else. But uh, you've had a few other businesses along the way, haven't you? I have. I have uh, quite a few failures, if I can be honest. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, a little bit. That's transparency. We want authenticity here. Right, right. So, yeah, definitely quite a few failures. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a little bit of success as well. So I just think I was uh, very fortunate. You know, I'm only 30 years old. So Mm -hmm. I've had a little bit of entrepreneurial experience. And like I said, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. But. I'm really, really excited to see what the Ideal Canada is going to do. And I feel like I finally have the big business acumen to really take it to the next yeah. level. Yeah, And, you know, it, one of the things I admire about you, you sought out mentors to help coach you. You know, that I've had the privilege of meeting some of them and you introducing them to me. And uh, I just applaud that for any young person that looks out to go get a mentor, get somebody that's maybe a little older and wiser that can kind of help you, guide you around some of those potholes, you know, that we're notorious for here in Chicago. Mm. <laughs> 100%. 100%. But uh, to, your, to your point, the ups and downs, the valleys, uh, did your faith walk also have those ups and downs as you went through? Wow, that's a great question. So, you know, a moment of clarity, uh, yeah. complete honesty here. The reason why I wrote the Ideal Candidate book, because I was at a point where I had almost given up hope on the Ideal Candidate nonprofit. Mm. Okay. Literally, uh, you know, just I'll be open and honest. You know, I went through uh, breaking up with my fiance at that time. I was right. having sh- uh, trouble at my full time position at that time. Mm-hmm. I had been running Ideal Candidate for about two and a half years at that point, And, you know, board, uh, board of director issues and fundraising issues and uh, with just everything going on. I literally just stopped everything. Yeah. And. Um, you know, I went through this point of like, you know, is this really worth it? And I prayed on it and I prayed on it and I slept on it. And finally I got this vision of like, Hey, write a book Mm. at the end of the day, you have something of value. You have something that can really impact individuals, put it into something that can never die, put it into a book. Yeah. And, you know, in my time of unemployment and kind of this confusion, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to follow the direction, this vision that I've gotten. And I, I started writing the book and, like I said, even things like the opportunity to work at Chicago Urban League, and right. you know, I've I've attracted so many amazing board of directors now at the the, at the ideal candidate, and you know, it's just literally taking on a life of its own, and it's right. all come from this one vision of like, hey, before you give up, give it this one last shot and see what happens. So and God literally, didn't have anything to do with that, did he? <laughs> I'm sorry? The guy didn't have anything to do with that. I think he had 100% to do with it. Yeah. It's like he planted that seed. I would have never gotten that vision. I would have never gotten that thought without his uh, his direction. Yeah. That's what I was kind of picking at you about. Because, you know, through the course of, you know, your young adulthood, you know, with those business, other business failures, other things you've gone through, mm-hmm. that's what I was trying to figure out. Did you kind of wander away a little bit? Did you kind of, you know, wander from your faith a little bit like a lot of young people that do? Or were you just rock solid all the way through it? Yeah, you know, this this is the first one that hit me that hard. I mm. think the other ones were more like, let me just test out and see. It, it's fun. It's cool for me to do. Right. But this is the first one that's really like almost to the core. Like it's part of my who I am now. It's, right. it's part of who I want to be in the next 50 years. It's part of my my, my quote unquote legacy and, and right. my family, you know, my, my brain, the whole nine. So uh, this is the first one that's really had that deep of a connection for me. So it, okay. I really cared about it on a different level than some of the other business endeavors that I've had in the past. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, now the background from a standpoint, you went, where'd you go to school in college? 
So I'm a soccer player. So yeah. I went to Lincoln College for two years, played yeah. two years there, and then I got another uh, scholarship to Lewis University where our junior year we got third in the nation NCAA for Division Two. So yeah, we're proud how about of that. that? Yeah. <laughs> now, are you still playing soccer? You know what? I play in some of the uh, the adult leagues, but uh, I'm a little yeah. slower now. So. <laughs> really? so just for fun, just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a tad slower now, huh? <laughs> I love Absolutely. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we we got out of the gate here pretty fast with some of the some of the story, but um, let me ask you a question now. With, with these start, and you got a lot of spinning plates here. I mean, you know, you know what you're doing, and a lot of spinning plates in a. Uh, you know the the ideal candidate, which I was enthralled with when I first met you, and and we talked, and since that time, obviously we've connected you with a couple of people who might have some synergy around that thing, mm-hmm. uh, pursue scholars and a few other things that we we've, we've been uh, privileged to have on the show and, and know more about. But you're, I, I have to believe that the roots and where this one rocked you a little bit was because of your early on with your mom and and really getting that kind of training and that involvement in the community and here you had something that you thought was really hitting the spot and then boom you know yeah it wasn't quite going as well as you wanted it to <laughs> yeah yeah and um i think that part in particular t- tested my faith the most ah um you know i i can full f- i can say this with with a whole heart and transparency that the ideal candidate would not be where it is today without my board of directors mm. and that's where it provided clarity for me that I can't do it all alone, that uh-huh. it had to be some type of people believing in in the vision and the purpose. And like I said, just uh, just God, you know, people people being able to see the vision that I had and believing it and, and being able to kind of walk in, in the path and the vision that I had and uh, being willing to fight the fight with me. It literally that I think that is literally the difference between my, my two and a half years of work. My work ethic hasn't stopped. Right. <laughs> it hasn't changed whatsoever. But this right. year, the one thing that made the difference is a board of directors, a group of seven individuals that have really come together that are amazing all in their own right to also come together behind this vision and, and see what impact it you can know, make. So, I'm, I'm, you know, as, as the Bible says, you, you need to be equally yoked in all things. Is that, is that board, are there a lot of Christians on your board? One hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. One hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> so in that valley, you're on your knees. You know, you're talking to God about Jesus. So I give this thing up, and He's obviously communicating. No, I'm not. I'm not letting you go out of this thing. So that was kind of the turning point for you, right? As far as when things start to come, in. is that also the turning point for board members and people coming out of the, out of nowhere? Uh, it all. I mean, to be honest, it all came from that vision of writing that book. Yeah. Uh, everything came from that point on. <laughs> I remember, like, my board chair, for example, Sarah Brunet, and Mm -hmm. I met her a year and a half ago. Wow. And it never occurred to me until I started writing this book. I was like, wow, I should really reach out to her. Like, I just got that vision as well. Like, I should reach out to her. We we met, you know, one day after work, and she was my board chair by the end of that that evening. But (laughs) it all comes from just kind of like following the path, following the vision, and just seeing what unfolds from that point. But he's being a little modest, folks. He's also a very good salesperson, too, you know, because he's he's teaching me a few things, you know. So, hey, listen, we want to get back here to... to Kevin in a minute, but uh, we got some gifts out there for you guys today. So, uh, by the way, if you text 224-404-1988 at any time for anything that you've gotten a keyword for, please do that. You don't have to wait till the, after the show's done or any of that kind of stuff. You can text us at any time. And we'd love to put you in the hat for a drawing to get some of these great prizes that we have. But we're going to come back here with Kevin in a minute, and we're going to hear, as uh, Paul Harvey say, the rest of the story, because he's got a lot to tell us 
about the ideal candidate. We'll let you learn more about that. And uh, Jennifer, I hope you're listening to this broadcast because we're having fun without you. (laughs) This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, Kevin Davenport. He's the founder and president of Ideal Candidate, a not-for-profit. And we were getting a bit of that background story and all that. But, uh, you know, you've had some, uh, we talked a little bit about some challenges, but you've got a, a couple things going for you that maybe people don't, didn't know. And I think this is really important that people know that do struggle with some of these challenges. So what would some of those be? Because you framed it out pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, you know, as a, as a student, I always like to tell my students, you know, I struggled with ADD and dyslexia. Wow. And so that was a big uh, struggle for me. It, to be 100% honest, I did not read my first book from from front to back until I got to college. Is that right? Yep. Wow. So, you know, I was at Now, were you undiagnosed with this or did you you didn't even know about it? You know what? Um, I want to say it was my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I went to Sylvan Learning Center and my mom, you know, kind of went through the the process and I got diagnosed with, with both and they kind of you know, let me know what the diagnosis of kind of what the dyslexia was and help me read. And mm-hmm. it was a long process. But even then, it was it was still very difficult for me to read uh, fully at that point, even with the diagnosis and kind of going through the steps. So because of the 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 difficultness of the, the activity, I would just avoid it most of the time or, wow. you know, look for spark notes as opposed to reading the entire book and things like that. So I would always look for shortcuts. And so it wasn't until I started reading for my own interest and my own mm-hmm. self-benefit that things really started to change. And I was able to kind of self-diagnose or self-cure myself. And, and really? Because I don't even feel it at all today. It's like I never had any of those issues. No kidding. You know, but wow. I had to go through the process of saying, you know, I'm going to read for, you know, 15 minutes a day, five days a week, no matter what, no matter how I was feeling, I was going to get over this process and I was able to get over that. So that's wow. one of the stories that's I really, shared That's incredible. That mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah, and your students have got to really – you kind of relate to them because some of the difficulties that your students have too, right? Same exact thing, right? Wow. So to hear that 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 uh, that story, it, it really helps to kind of plant a seed in their mind of like, hey, I can do this as well. Sure, yeah, <laughs> and that's called grit, by the way, you know, perseverance to get through that. You also had some personal business challenges too, beside that one particular personal challenge, but you also had uh, another one there, right? Well, I've had quite a few, to be honest. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, um, in some of my past uh, businesses, I've had uh, some partnership problems mm-hmm. with, you know, uh, potentially not being as, as transparent or honest about the finances as they could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was an issue. But, you know, if we're going to talk about directly for the ideal candidate, like I said, the biggest problem with these first two and a half years was my board of directors. Uh-huh. And uh, the big thing was, you know, I find that people want to put something on their resume. Right. They want something to put on their their LinkedIn, yep. and you feel good as the C, you know as the 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 founder, the founder of this. Just like oh, I've got this individual, and they've got this title, and they do this for whatever right. you know, and it doesn't translate to your nonprofit. And it's like, what happened? And so I think the biggest obstacle, and like I said, this is 100% on faith, mm-hmm. uh, you know, attracting the people that actually understand your biz- your vision and want to take the organization's vision to where it really is five to 10 years from so now. So you actually turned the whole board over then? 100%. 100%. I have yeah. one member that is from the founding board members. Every single one has been replaced wow. except one. Well, that'd be a little painful. Extremely. Yeah. Extremely. I mean, it was, to the, it was painful to the point where I even met with that founding board member. was like, hey, you know how would you feel if I let go of this? You know, what is your opinion? Do you think mm-hmm. I should keep going? And because I was really that lost. And wow. you know, 
<laughs> thank God, you know, she she uh, instilled the seed in me of like, no, you can't give up on this. And I kept praying on it and, you know, meditating on it. And and here we are. So Well, you have a lot of believers. When I was at your book <laughs> signing, I met some wonderful people that know you and they love you dearly. And, and certainly, uh, you know, projected to me that they knew all the time what the success you would be. But uh, <laughs> And then you had to double down and look like uh, your, the fundraising effort too. That's a, always been a challenge, right? One hundred percent. I mean, nonprofits can't can't do anything without the correct fundraising. And mm-hmm. you know, I, anyone that that especially because you know I'm at once again back up a little bit. I'm at the Chicago Urban League. We're in the Entrepreneurship Center. So my role right. there at the Entrepreneurship Center is to uh, impact as much as our community as possible through right. creating small small to medium-sized businesses, or if you're a large business, to help you scale to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we do get businesses that come in and say, hey, how can I come in and do this nonprofit arm or this diff- you know, this different idea? And it's an entirely different animal when mm-hmm. you're working with a nonprofit business as opposed to a for-profit business. Right. So yeah. it was a huge learning curve for me, but the biggest thing is that we that I realized is that all the major nonprofits are supported by some type of grant funding. Yeah. Yes, there's donations. Yes, they have a solid board. Yes, there's these other factors, but 50 to 75% of their funding is coming from major grant donations or right. grant, you know, support. Yep. And you don't have that grant support without having measurables or outcomes to yep. s- to do that. Yep. How can you shoot? How can you prove outcomes in your first year? Right. It's impossible. <laughs> right. So, uh, and even second year, how are you competing with the others that have been around for fifty to a hundred years? So, mm-hmm. uh, it it is a long term game. It is a it is a slower game. Um, but like I said, if you really have the passion and you have the vision to make an impact in your community or whatever that that impact is. I, I still say you should 100% go forward with it, but it is going to take a little more time than you probably well, would yeah, anticipate. Well, yeah, and, and it is a different <laughs> world, not probably. How has the Chicago Urban League, you know, added to your education and being exposed to all of that as far as how all this works? Uh, major, major. You know, I've had the, you know, before I had this job at the Chicago Urban League, I just started there in January of this mm-hmm. year, and... Before I was working there, I was at Chicago Neighborhood Initiatives, which funded a lot of these small businesses. So it was like one side I was funding, and now this year I'm on the side of preparing businesses to either scale or get funding. Okay. And um, seeing businesses at this fast or rapid of a rate Mm -hmm. has allowed me to really build my business acumen. I can now look at a business and five minutes and and say this is what's the problem this you can get funded this can scale this cannot scale wow it has allowed me that opportunity because it's just been five years of just been looking at 40 to 50 businesses a week that (laughs) that are all looking for you know a different thing so for our listeners that don't know about the chicago urban league how would you explain that to them or how would you tell them what the urban league is yeah so uh, it's a 102 year old nonprofit organization that is built to uh, build sustainable economies in the African American communities okay. or any other minority communities. So uh, they have everything from entrepreneurship to workforce development, looking for jobs, everything from youth development for youth, uh, housing, mm. uh, any walk of life. Essentially, you can come into us and say, "Look, this is my situation, and we have a resource for you." Got it. Is and the, how is, is it funded idea? then? <laughs> Grants and donations Grants and, and donations. other support. So the state <laughs> doesn't have any funding for Chicago Urban League. 
Um, you know, I don't want to speak on the Chicago Urban yeah. League because, uh, like I said, I'm just a program manager. There right. are other, you know, okay, funds I was just of, curious of funding, about but yeah, you know, we we do have some of those opportunities. Sure, there's a lot of corporation uh, support for yes, us. Yes, there's I a lot that. of donation yeah. support. Obviously, we right. have fundraising, so there is a myriad. But like I said, f- across the board for nonprofits, the grant support is yeah, 100% and with something even. that has that much history <laughs> behind it, you get you're getting a really good education on all of this, right? One hundred, particularly I'm, in the area that you serve, right? mm-hmm. which is mainly the underserved communities and, and helping these these uh, young people. And we're going to get into that in the next segment to really do a little bit deeper dive. But how would you characterize how do you, you currently incorporate your faith in work? That's a good question as well. Um, like I said, I, I had a really rough year last mm-hmm. year, <laughs> and it tested me more than any other test that I've possibly had before. And, and it was literally from a relationship standpoint to even a faith standpoint to my, you know, work stamp, literally everything. And, and what I found is when, when my faith got rocked, it literally rocked every part of my world. Mm-hmm. And it made more sense for me to just kind of uh, take a step back, close down completely, regain my relationship with God and, and, and make that uh, stronger. Cause I guess the biggest thing I found this year, which I never really had before, I always felt like I was living a life of purpose, but now I feel like I am an instrument of God, mm. like I am a tool yep. for God. There you and go. that's a that's a significant difference in how I was viewing life before. Mm-hmm. And so now when I wake up, the perspective is different. When I have a conversation with anyone, the perspective is different. When I go into business meetings, the perspective is different, mm-hmm. right? So uh, it wasn't until... I had those things that shook my world enough to humble me enough and to bring me right. at such a low level to say, you know what, I can't do anything or and nothing is possible without, you know, God, God you that I can move to this next level. And yeah. so it wasn't until that point where I was able you, to get Do you consider your work a ministry? Because work is ministry. You know, it's quoted 888 times in the Bible. Then, then yes. <laughs> then yes. I didn't want to prompt you too much. Here, yeah. <laughs> because well, your perspective changed. Mm-hmm. When you were on your knees mm-hmm. and when you came, you know, and your perspective changed as to, I can't do anything without him. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, don't realize that work is ministry. Uh, it's all the way through. It's very clear, you know. The guy, the guy that started the universe, you know, he worked on this for supposedely six days and then rested, you know, and this guy, Jesus, how many years did he work? Yeah, about 30 years. That's right. So it's it's Adam and Eve, the first, you know, the guys that got their first uh, resume and, and uh, job specs. So, you know, it, it's interesting how, you know, if you, it changed my life when I had yeah. to start understanding that my business was a gift and that I was a steward of this gift. And I reported to three people as God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Um, it, it just changed the whole perspective, 180 degrees as to how I approach business and what I look at and my walk and, and you know, eyes on me. And it's about the walk. It wasn't about the talk. I mean, that's what this show is all about. Mm-hmm. It's inspiring, equip, and encourage Christians to lead by their walk, not the talk. And especially for people in your age category. People are watching people. You're more highly more skeptical. You've seen all the crap going on with government and politics and everything else. And you've got, you know, you've seen too much of the talk and not the walk. And so that's my encouragement is out there to business leaders today is to show it by your walk. You know, mm-hmm. that way people watch, and especially young people are watching that. And you have a lot of influence in what you're going to do, and we're going to get into that in the next segment. Hey, listen, stay tuned here and stay with us. Uh, I'm going to be back with Kevin in a second. But in the meantime, text us at 224-404-1988. And the keyword is ideal, and Kevin is giving away 
uh, his book, The Ideal Candidate. And you're going to want to get a hold of this book, especially if you have people 16, 24 years of age. It's a guideline for dominating life after high school. So I know you folks out there that have some high schoolers and everything else or even younger than that. This is really, and he's got a, a guidebook in there and a journal and the whole nine yards. This is really terrific. And it's his life work. So you're going to feel a lot of passion in this book. Even for a guy that was dyslectic, he writes a book. Huh? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so get out there and check us out at faithmarketplace.com. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here. It's Bob Lambert, host of the show. My uh, wonderful co-host, uh, Jennifer Villarreal, is uh, on sabbatical right now because she's going to be married soon. So, hey, listen, we're back here with Kevin P. Davenport. I forgot to leave out the P. I'm sure that's important. <laughs> and he's the founder of um, president of Ideal Candidate and not-for-profit. But, uh, you know, Kevin, one of the things we always like to ask folks, uh, particularly, and you're not that old anyways, but... You know, what words of wisdom would you have given your younger self now knowing what you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Live a life of purpose faster. (laughs) Live a life of purpose faster. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it was interesting when you kind of uh, shared with us a little bit of, of kind of your understanding. I thought it was really interesting what you said. It's kind of, you have to understand it's a diet is more than what you eat, you know? So, uh, you know, like people you associate with, you know, listening to music, movies, and watching that. Do you do you find that to be true? I mean, as far as everything around you now has changed a bit, right? 100%. You know, yeah. uh, like I said, the, the movies you watch, the music that I used to listen ah. to, the conversations that I have on a day-to-day basis. So I'm careful who I, I, I even talk to, you know, my friends and associates and mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is a part of our diet. You know, we just think of diet as things that we consume as far as eating, right. but diet is more than just what's edible, you right. know, and it's all going into our conscious and subconscious. And so we have to be very, very careful of what we're, we're allowing to, to come into us in a sense. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a really good piece of wisdom out there for listeners and their children and stuff like that, because, you know, the, the foundational piece, I know as you were growing up, you were surrounded by real positive influences, your mom and other people around you and the kind of work you did in the community and everything like that. And so it really becomes foundational for you because that now has turned into who you are today, right? Right. <clears throat> Even though you wandered off the path a few times, as we all do. Oh, yeah. I was off the path for 36 years, brother. So, you know, we, I, got, we I talked got a few times Yeah, about we, that. Talked, yeah. we talked. We <laughs> talked. So uh, besides mom, anybody else inspires you? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's quite a few. I get inspired every day, you know, and I think that that's one of the things that's so beautiful about being restored with God is that you can be inspired by anyone and anything. Yeah. You know, it could be a three-year-old that does something randomly and you're like, wow, I just learned gratitude because of this three-year-old. You know, it can yeah. come from so many different shapes and forms and uh, different, you know, things. So uh, I try to just stay open and, and gratitude, you know, humble and, you know, in a state of gratitude so I can be a, open to all of the, uh, the beauties of life. Well, you you, uh, you shared with me a quote that you, Will Smith is one of your favorite people, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you you shared with me something about him. What was that? You know, he he has this quote that says, "Your life will become better by making other lives better." Yep. And you know, I wake up every day with that perspective mm-hmm. and that that quote in mind of you know what can I do to make someone else's life better? You just don't know what that little bitty thing would be, and sometimes just smiling at someone, someone sometimes just saying "Have a nice day," and you've really uplifted their life in more ways than you know. So I always try to keep that perspective in mind. 
Well, that's a great segue into this body of work that you're doing, what your passion is. Let's talk a little bit more about Ideal Candidate and let the listeners out there really know you've been working at this pretty hard for a couple of years, and now things are really coming together. Well, why don't you explain to the, the listeners, what is the Ideal Candidate? Sure, sure. So the, the Ideal Candidate is a non-for-profit organization that impacts 16 to 24-year-olds in the south and west side of Chicago. Uh, on all the skills that's necessary to excel and thrive in the workforce that's not taught directly in our school's curriculum. So things like financial literacy, dress for success, uh, social media etiquette, um, communication strengthening, nonverbal communication, table manners, anything wow. that's necessary to excel and thrive, we, we teach and we kind of support that, that soft skill development. Wow. And mm-hmm. how, where do you get your candidates for this? When do you get the folks for this? So things are changing. You know, we, mm-hmm. we're very much a startup. Like I said, we're in our th- we're three and a half years. We'll be uh, four year. We'll be four years. Uh, September nineteenth. Wow. wow. So wow. very soon. Yeah. So almost at four years now. But um, uh, when we got started, you know, first it was very difficult for us to get uh, a facility just to even do the programming. So we got mm-hmm. all of our you know facility donated to us from Chicago Public Schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank goodness. And um, you know, we are a CPS vendor as well, but. Um, you know, now we've got an official partnership with Mind in Hand and a few other, you know, facilities mm-hmm. across the south and west side of Chicago. But um, we work directly with the guidance counselors and uh, they help us to identify oh. the students. So we'll say, look, okay. these are the scholarships we have available. This is the type of student that we're looking for. Send it over and send us whoever you have. And then we kind of do an interview process from that point okay. and go from there. In addition, we also work two ways. So the second phase that we work, we also work to a company or to enhance other nonprofit organizations or training uh, facilities that are doing good work. So, for example, we got a a partnership this year with Evanston Park Recreations. Uh And so they have their own summer program that's, you know, been sustained and and Mm -hmm. running for quite some years. But they had us to come in. They gave a book to every student as well. And we did the the financial literacy course, some of the dress for success and just the professional presentation course. So we've helped quite a number of other nonprofits uh, in that that lane as well. And those partnerships that that those finances also help to sustain our in-house partnership so Uh, it's kind of like a a one hand washes the other type of thing it's like we help their program and in addition they help to support our programming so it's a win-win for everyone yeah and and how's the school system looking at this they they love it you know obviously uh chicago public schools and some of the other charter schools there's a lot of different variables at play but uh, we're very grateful for the ones that that see the vision and support, and uh, I just think year after year we're getting more and more support in both of those areas. So, what do you see the most common problems when these students come into your program? What, what I mean, you touched on a bunch of areas there. What what's the number one problem you see that they're really lacking in? Faith in themselves. Ah, I find that the 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 most work that we have to do is changing their paradigm shift to how they see themselves initially. Okay. Uh, and the biggest thing is like, you know, if we come in and talk to a student from the South and West side of Chicago and immediately go into dress for success and communication, strengthening things like eye contact and handshaking. Well, that student is probably crossing gang territory to get to school. Mm. So when you think about that perspective, do you want to make eye contact with a, a, a Potential rival gang member? Absolutely not. You got your head down. You're walking as fast as possible to school. You're walking as fast as possible home. You're not shaking hands. You're not introducing yourself. Everything that they've known from the time they were born to even 18 is completely different than when they have to entrench themselves or dive into the corporate world. So it is a big transition for these students more than people realize just because, A, they've never gotten this training at home and they don't get to practice it on a day-to-day basis like some of our, you know, other people get to. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
How about the financial literacy part of it? Is that another issue? <laughs> that's <coughs> actually huge. I feel like that's an issue for even our adults. Yeah, you know, I think that's yeah. a, I almost think that's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's many things that come to mind when you bring that up. But, yeah, that's, that's a big learning curve. And um, I think the biggest disconnect is them understanding how – how quickly investing in yourself, even for five years, can really have a, a return for you. Yeah. They don't see that. I know you got some stories about some successes you've had. What would those be? Uh, successes for me personally? No, for your students. Oh, for me, for my students. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I would say the biggest one, and I always bring this one up, but uh, there's a student I have, Quantarius. You know, he was, how can I say this? Uh, the first day of class, he came in with his hoodie on. Mm-hmm. Um head down he didn't want to talk to anyone he didn't want to interact with anyone um didn't want to be there and you know very much failing school in every way shape and form getting in trouble a lot of fights things Mm. like that and um yeah by the end of our program and he was one of our first students he was part of our first cohort and by the end of our program uh, I remember his mother came to me crying and was like, I don't know what you did, but thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, he's actually trying. He's passing his classes. He's not getting A's. He's getting C's, you know, but he's he's trying. He's he's sure. actually passing. He's not getting any fights. Right. He's showing up. His attendance is up, you know. So uh, really, and like I said, I the only way I feel like that was impactful for him is being able to let him see the vision of his best self and giving him the tools to get there. Yeah, and that's huge. That is so huge because a lot of us don't realize, you know, with the, with the environment that these young people are in, you know, and the hopelessness and a lot of other stuff that happens here, much to your point, they're, they're crossing gang territory, going to school, and, I mean, you know, it's, it's just unconscionable to me. I, I, I just, you know, and it's love. I just think it's so powerful what you're doing for these young people. You know, preparing them for eventually getting a job and doing other things like that. Now, you've also gone into corporations with this program, right? I have, I yeah. have, um, and that's I've been fortunate enough to to get that the human capital consulting position with concurrency, right. and that's essentially what we do. Is that we've now realized that the curriculum, if we change things a little bit, because you know, just to be honest, the curriculum that we have to teach in the, in some of the low to moderate income communities is completely different than if we go to. Um, a well-invested community or well-educated community. And right. uh, so the learning curve is a little different. So some of the other corporations, typically the student that we're getting is also a, a college graduate. So it's a little different. So we, we've added a lot more c- content to the um, to the curriculum. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we basically have a, a platform for corporations to help train their their uh, potential interns in, in entry-level positions to really onboard well, quickly Well, I think it's something possible. important that we got to emphasize here. So who's an ideal candidate, <laughs> pardon the pun, uh, for, <laughs> as far as a corporation that might be looking to take and bring you in? Yeah, so we're actually working on that. So for our summer program, for example, we actually implemented our first uh, partnership with Urban Tech Academy. And so okay. the idea was, you know, all of our students are graduating with this soft skills, but they lack some some hard skills. So okay. Urban Tech Academy, they were getting the hard skills and lacking the soft skills. So what ah, Urban Tech does, great. they do web app development. Yep. There's Microsoft certifications and there's mm-hmm. Cisco certifications. Okay. So for the summer program, each one of our students got Cisco certifications. Wow. And the soft skills necessary to sell wow. and thrive in the tech field. So now we're we're almost operating as a diversity and inclusion pipeline for these corporations, which is fantastic. So when I look at it from a ten year perspective, I'm really excited to see where this is okay, gonna go. Okay, real quick, how are people gonna get a hold of you, Kevin? Uh so Kevin P. Davenport on and on Facebook, Kevin P. Davenport on LinkedIn, Kevin P. Davenport 519 on Instagram, and then the idealcandidate.org for our website. That's fabulous. Hey, listen, you got to text us at 224-404-1988, and keyword is ideal to get a copy of 
this fabulous new book, The Ideal Candidate. And I, believe me when I tell you, this is for everybody out there. This isn't just for the underserved population in Chicago. But any of you guys out there listening from a corporate standpoint, you got to get a hold of Kevin and understand what he can do for your organization. Maybe some of those young interns or people are coming through. This curriculum is fabulous. It's for everybody out there. And uh, I'm just privileged to know this young man because he is a rock star. He's going places. <laughs> well, how many copies of the book so far? Uh, a little over 500. So. 500 <laughs> copies of this book already. It's only been out a month. you got to get out there and get this book. Check it out on Amazon. We're going to be right back with Kevin to finish up the show. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, Kevin P. Davenport, a founder and president of The Ideal Candidate. Listen, you got to win a book from him, and the only way you're going to do that is to text us at 224-404-1988 before this thing gets sold out. Uh, and keyword is IDEAL, I-D-E-A-L. And you can reach him at... Uh, TheIdealCandidate.org. Kevin can be reached out there. You also got to reach out and find this book because I know that he's, really believe me, he is selling this thing like hotcakes. Well, reach out also for any of you that know youth pastors or anybody in your church or involved with youth organizations. I think this would be a wonderful gift for them or at least letting them know about this because uh, this is something that's much needed throughout our whole society, believe me. I interact with a lot of young people, and uh, I just love what he's doing here with this. So anyway, today's subject that we're going to get to here is, do you follow through on your commitments, or are you an empty talker? Oh, wow. Kevin, what do you think about that? (laughs) What's your thoughts on that? Um, I feel like Chicago is the city of empty talkers, (laughs) (laughs) if I can be honest, you know, and so... Um, you know, and I was I was a victim of that as well. You know, okay. to be a hundred percent transparent, sure. so that was a big transition for me as well. It's like, mm-hmm. how much work am I really putting in? How much impact am I really making? Mm-hmm. Um, and and like I said, what is my legacy? What am I? Give, how am I giving back? What is uh, my impact to the community and the and the communities that I serve? So, right. um, yeah, I, I love that quote. <laughs> is that is that one of the things too that you face in the program? Is is uh, you know the young people not really you know kind of just uh, what they call putting the mask on or you know, putting you know, shining people on from the standpoint of okay, this is an, you know, this image I project out there. Is that something that you see? Um, not so much with my students. I okay. feel like that's more of an issue with my board of directors okay. <laughs> that they try okay. to put on this face. With my students, like I said, is literally about instilling hope in them. Again, right. they they're so. I don't want to say pessimistic, but they just don't have any. They're purely in survival mode. I guess right. is a better way to say yeah, it. Yeah, that's you know, great. Uh, you know, they've seen their 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 neighbors pass. You mm. know, they've seen some of their good friends pass. They've they've gone in the freshman year of college, in high school, and then they've graduated with losing five. You know, four or five friends, and it's like wow. that's not your typical high school experience. No, but it is for a you know Chicago high school student. Right. So how is that fair? And how do you how do you get them to see life as we saw it? And and so I feel like it's a big difference in how they view things. So it's a little different than that. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I I have to say, well, this one particularly hit me, and I wanted to to roundtable this with you, is because. I think that's one of the biggest things I see today, people making promises and commitments and not living up to them. You know, I grew up in an age where my father and my grandfather pounded, you know, a handshake was a commitment back then. There was no things as legal contracts or any of the rest of the stuff. Right. And basically, they pounded into me, you know, if you break your word or your promise, you're no longer a man as far as we're concerned. Right. So, I mean, that's a bit harsh, but the fact of the matter is I got it, you know, because uh, promise is a promise, you know, mm-hmm. to be kept. Mm-hmm. So, that's one of the things that I see that is really um, – 
a bit disappointing that I'm seeing more and more in society people making promises, commitments, and then not living up to them. Uh, what turned it around for you when you started to see that that was kind of mirroring for yourself? You know, uh, well, before I answer that, if that's mm-hmm. if that's okay, sure. you know, part of the what we teach in the, the ideal candidate, we we teach the the four agreements off that, okay. that book, and uh-huh. one of them is being impeccable with your word. You know, uh-huh. and that's a huge part of our our behavior modification mm-hmm. uh, module that that we teach, and that's really where we start is that behavior modification. So a lot of that, like I said, is, is changing their paradigm shift to how they see themselves. Uh, giving them a different vision for their future and really instilling what are your new principles? What does that look ah, like? Okay. What is that new character? You know, what? How would you describe yourself if you mm-hmm. were to describe it? When you go to your social media account, what is that? What comes to mind? All those things should be congruent with how you see yourself. And if it's not, you're not branding yourself appropriately. You're not making as much of an impact. You're not trying as hard as you probably think you are. So let's get you on the right path. And so you know, I hit that point myself. Um, really at the age, I would say about 25, when, around mm-hmm. the time I, 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 you know, got the nerve to really start the ideal candidate was like, you know, I don't care if this fails. I don't care if this it makes a lot of money. I don't really, I know I was going to make an impact. And if I impact one life, yep. then it's worth it. And Absolutely. so that was a big change for me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you, you, you said a lot there. You packed a, a lot into that because, uh, Again, it's uh, this behavior modification and how they how they go through this and see that there is hope at the other end of it. A big word that comes to mind to me is integrity, you yeah. know, and I know that's part of a key part of what you're talking about uh, because it is a root. I mean, you know, if you look at uh, trust as being a tree, at the very foundation of that tree is is the word integrity, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I matter of fact, I just gave a, delivered a, a talk on on um, developing trusted relationships. And one of the things that's a fabulous book out there that I, for now, probably going on eight or eight, nine years, is called The Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey Jr. Oh, wow. And uh, it was a seminal piece of work. I was a year into writing my own book on trust because everything before that was very clinical and you couldn't really, you know, get through it a lot. And uh, so I, I got his book and I gave up on mine. It's game over. This guy's got more money, knows more people. <laughs> and frankly, it's, it's a seminal piece of work. Uh, it's a work that will last a long time. But it's interesting when I get into these speaking engagements, and I've done a number of those over the last five years, how few people have ever heard a presentation on trust. And uh, this last group, though, I had a little bit larger uh, grouping of them. There's 80 people in the room. I'd say there's probably 10 hands went up that had heard something on that. But the rest of the people had never heard a presentation on trust because it's a gut thing. It's a feel wow. thing. And, you know, we're making these judgments all the time. Can I trust this person? What they say is that, you know, is it true? All those kind of things. The other thing I wanted to share with you to find out or pick a little bit on is, uh, and again, this is one of the things, people say a lot of stuff on social media, but if they're sitting in front of somebody, they wouldn't say it to their face. <laughs> they would not say it to their face. And I think the other one is, uh, which I thought is pretty impactful by a couple of people gave me, with what you're writing out there, how would your grandmother or your mother approve of that? Exactly. Boy, I'll tell you, that, that, that takes a, gives it a different perspective real quick, you know? Yeah. Uh, if somebody like that had to see that, how would you feel about that then, right? 100%. <laughs> it's like that's the, the game with social media. You never know who someone's going to – one yep. screenshot, one it can be it can go viral. You see it with celebrities all the time. Oh, yeah. They even erase it after 10 minutes, but one screenshot, they send it off and they put it up and oh, yeah. it's viral. Yeah. And one other thing, Facebook – Instagram, they're just companies. 
Right. So there's an IT person that can still see your messages. Right. It's not that private like you think. Right. Well, that's <laughs> that's another thing too, especially in these corporations. And I think that you would present a lot of value to them as to that etiquette of how to use this, particularly in a corporate situation where mm-hmm. you're working for an employer. Guess what? That's their stuff. You're oh, on their yeah. equipment. It's their stuff. They have every right to look at it. And a lot of people don't realize that. Oh yeah. You know this. You got to keep personal and business separate. If you're in, working for somebody, you got to respect that. And but you also have to know what the rules are. You know. Absolutely. Because they do have a domain over that and uh, you know that that can also lead to you being discharged <laughs> oh 100 percent. you know i had the opportunity to work for uh, robert morris university as a mm-hmm. as a recruiter and a lot of times i would recruit for the uh the athletics and i've seen students either lose their position on the athletics team and or just get kicked out of the school altogether from social media activity wow. Wow. so it is very important not only can you lose your job opportunity or other opportunities it can also, you know, imagine coming home, you've had your trunk party, you've had everyone come over and give you gifts, and you started your first year, and three months later, you're coming home, hey, mom, I'm kicked out of school because of a Facebook post. Wow. Wow. It's, that's that's real, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Is, do your students get that? Do they? Do they? We go over yeah. there. So social media, uh, you yeah. know, etiquette is how we call right. it, is, is 100% part of our program and our curriculum. Uh, we make sure the students know how to brand themselves. And a lot of times they don't understand even what like LinkedIn is and how to leverage LinkedIn. They yeah. haven't heard of that, you know. So yeah. uh, we go over LinkedIn and some of the other platforms that they can use for more beneficial terms as far as their work. The work yeah. yeah, and that's two different platforms. Right. That definitely right. is two different platforms. And a lot of people got to get a grasp of that. This is not where you you know post a lot of your social pictures. You got to exactly. really understand that this is a business network. Listen, you got to get out there in Texas at 224-404-1988. Keyword ideal. And Kevin has been generous enough to give us the ideal candidate, his book, his newest book, over 500 copies already sold. Is it out on Amazon? It is on Amazon, Okay, so yes, go ahead and check yes. it out on Amazon. <laughs> get this thing down. You've got to get this book, folks, out there. So I want to express upon all of our listeners, our business leaders out there, this is something that you can use in your organization, and I really want to encourage you to do that. Again, this is Bob Lambert on Faith Marketplace Radio, every Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock, with my co-host, uh, Jennifer Villarreal which is uh, is incognito today. But uh, <laughs> check us out next Saturday here at AM 1160. Hope for your life. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.